Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Let's start off by giving a quick shout out to our sponsor, SeedsHereNow.com. Big thanks to James Bean and SeedsHereNow.com for supporting the show. SeedsHereNow.com is your number one source for high quality seeds. Of course, they do offer a money back satisfaction guarantee, and I think they use a time machine to ship your seeds to you. Make sure to support my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 716 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to read more listener emails. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to Canna Organic Illinois. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to Levity Love Day and Yannick Bucci. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, our friend Nomi by my guacamole. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my good friend Dave's Not Here. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Learning and Burning. Let's send a thank you to Smokey J and Stone Trout Bum. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Redbeard. I want to send a special thank you shout out to a fellow podcaster, my friends Caribou Heart TV. Then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Terp Burglar. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And of course, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. All right, I don't want to ramble too much on this episode. In the last show, I got going pretty good. We didn't answer very many questions. Let's get right to it. I've got a grow question for you. If you have a cannabis culture or cannabis cultivation question, I would love to hear from you. My email address is at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. The first message in today's episode came from our friend Jamie, and it says in the subject line, I heard you say THC percentage doesn't mean anything. I would like to learn why. Can you point me to an episode? There is not an episode yet, but now there will be an episode to teach you why I feel odd. I don't mean the THC percentage doesn't mean anything, but there's more to this message. Let's just read it. It says, I do believe you and I'm not challenging you in any way. I just want to understand why you said that. Then he does talk about some more stuff, uh, which we don't need to discuss here on the podcast, just talking about branding and other things. Uh, But our friend Jamie asked the question, Um, apparently, obviously somewhere either on Instagram live on social media, or perhaps right here on this show, I did say that THC percentage does not matter. Um, it does matter a little bit, but it is not the deciding factor. It should not be the deciding factor when it comes to buying your medical or recreational cannabis products, whether it's your, uh, your flowers, your dabs, uh, whatever you're buying, the THC percentage should not be the number one factor. I do have a few notes here and we'll talk about why. Um, The main reason why um, being immersed in the industry, being uh, deeply involved in the industry, having experience, I know that the tests themselves are very easily manipulable. You can manipulate those tests very easily. You guys can translate that however it should have been done. Um, 
I know how to make a lab test come out better. It has nothing to do with the lab. Many people say they just pay the lab. No, they don't. That Everybody would just be paying the lab. Everybody would have 45% THC. That's what everybody would do. That's not a thing. You cannot pay the lab. What you can do, you can manipulate a lab test. I know how to do it. I'm not going to teach you how to do it here. Uh, it's very easy to increase the potency of the samples which you were sending to the labs. You're supposed to do it. In Colorado, there's supposed to be a very strict guideline um, a standard operating procedure of how the sample should be taken. However, there's nothing forcing you to do it that way. You can, if you're smart, if you're smooth, uh, if you don't follow all of the rules, you can make the lab tests appear much better than what they are. So the first reason why I don't trust a lab test is uh, they're very easily manipulated, easily manipulated. And that doesn't, that doesn't work well for me. If I know that I can easily manipulate it and teach employees how to get better lab tests, then anybody out there can do it. We can all figure it out. Um, it's all about prepping the sample. If you take the sample certain ways, certain spaces, do certain things to it, you can definitely manipulate that test. Then also THC is not the only thing that matters when you are smoking. Um, I've smoked, uh, what matters is the combination of cannabinoids, terpenes, and other compounds that all work together to give you the desired effect. I can go right now to many dispensaries. Uh, there's a dispensary 10 miles that way, four miles that way. They're everywhere where I am right now. I can go just a few miles and I can buy 99%, 98% THCA diamonds. That's just straight up THC. They're available right next to them for half the price is green dot batter, uh, green dot full spectrum diamonds and sauce, uh, plenty of other company stuff. I prefer the green dot batter because uh, I prefer the other stuff in the mix. I don't just want the THC. The THC is a small part of it, but those other things in there really, so I've described it as this before. When I take, I've, I've hit the THCA. I've hit a lot of it. I bought a big old, they used to sell it in carrots. When the stuff got popular, there was a dispensary just selling big diamonds of it. They thought it, we thought it, we all thought it was awesome. I'm bored with it now because I've realized that when I take a dab of that, no matter how big it is, I get super high. My, my high goes up. Think of it, this is how I'm going to describe it. Think of it as a firework. When you smoke THC or THCA, that's your liftoff from your fireworks. You're going to go up. Of course, you're going to go up. That's what your THC is going to make you do. The more THCA, the more THC, probably the higher up you're going to go. But you're just going to go up. Now, the terpenes, the esters, the paleots, the flavonoids, all of those other things that are in there are the things that contribute to the color of your fireworks. Another way I'm going to put that is that's what gives you the munchies. That's what gives you the giggles. That's what gives you paranoia. That's what gives you pain relief. That's what gives you, uh, sometimes when I dab, I got to poop. Sometimes it makes me hungry. Uh, lots of different things happen from different strains. Sometimes the same strain will have a lot of different uh, effects on me. But I think a lot of that is from the other compounds, not just the THC. The THC is great in there. That's what's going to make me go up. But I know I can mess with the lab test to make it look like there's a lot of THC in there. And I know that I need all those other things. We've called it the entourage effect, uh, the synergistic effect, uh, the full spectrum effect. We need all those other components to actually make the buzz uh, more enjoyable, more medicative, more medical, more uh, for me, it's just more, it's a recreational enjoyment. I enjoy, uh, so I could, you could give me all the diamonds and set them right here, pure THCA crystals. And you could give me a bunch of 
Green Dot Labs batter. Give me some of that GMO batter, maybe some of that Picasso or the Dolly. The Dolly is the one I really like. Give me the Dolly batter um, or maybe some of their live rosin even. And I'm going to smoke that over the diamonds 90% of the time. I may take some of the diamonds over here, the THCA crystals, and maybe crunch them up and sprinkle, take a dab of the batter and just coat it, like put sprinkles on the outside of it with the THCA diamonds, the little crystals, the shiny parts. That's going to make it taste better. That's going to give it a better buzz, and it's just going to increase the THCA or the THC. I'm not sure. I keep saying A or a, a, THC. I don't, I'm, I don't, I didn't write it down, but I feel like when I smoke that, I can only get so high. I start getting the sweats. I start to get a headache, but if you put the other stuff with it, you give it some, some terps mainly. You give it that flavor, that other stuff. Then you get a really nice buzz. You can really achieve something. Um, it's almost harsh and too much, too much THC by itself. Uh, the dabs are, they burn my throat. They burn my lungs. It's not a desirable dab. Uh, you have to get it hotter than a normal dab. So that's also a little bit uncomfortable. Then on top of that, uh, it kind of burns your throat on the way in, burns the lungs. And then it gives me a headache when I, uh, I feel like when I come down from it, it gives me, it's not desirable. It's like a headache. It's the best way I can describe it. It may not be like the worst headache, but I can feel a lingering thing that it was like, my body's going, yeah, where's the other part? You need the other part to make this work. Uh, so uh, that's my opinion on the THCA diamonds. I think that that is what I meant when I said that THC is not the only thing. <clears throat> it matters, <clears throat> but it shouldn't be. What happens is, so I said the test, I can manipulate the test. What's going to happen is I run a commercial grow. I take the samples or I manipulate the samples. We send them to the lab. They come back with impressive results. We put that on the jar or on the advertising at the dispensary. That draws a clientele, the clientele that just shops for THC percentage. Since we know that's going to work, we just mark that one up five more dollars an eighth or whatever. I don't, I don't work in that department, but I know that that's how it works. I go to the dispensaries and I see uh, the flowers and I see the shit that's marked like 18% THC and below is one price point. 18 to 22 is another. And then 22 and up, that's the top shelf stuff. They charge you more for that. And it's kind of just a, who knows if that number is even accurate. They tested... So you're supposed to test a couple of buds out of the batch, but you might be running a two pound batch. You could be running a 50 pound batch of the same product. And the tests are going to be very inconsistent among that whole spectrum of all that flour in that big ass bin. I really do love lab testing. I love a lot of it. Uh, but also the labs are allowed to have a plus or minus 10% threshold. So when I say that this flower is 30% THC, it could be 20, it could be 40. So 10% when, especially when most of our samples are coming around the 25 to 30%, how do I know they're not 15 to 35 to 40%? That's something that we, well, I should keep in mind. So I'm going to check my notes. Uh, we are all machines. The machines love THCA. They love that. The high, uh, liquid, high pressure liquid chromatography machine loves to show you that it's got a lot of THC in the test. Our bodies aren't machines. We need all of the other components to make that more desirable, in my opinion. Also, um, this is this is a joke I love to make. Machines never buy another eighth. I've never had a machine come back and say, bro, that hit really high numbers. Can I get another quarter? A machine has never done that. I've had a lot of people come back and say, dude, I smoked that bag so fast. Can I get another quarter? That's stuff that has happened. So the machines, I like the machines. I love the testing. It's great. Uh, they're great. Uh, what are they called? Markers? Uh, yeah, it's like a marker, like a, like just a marker, a data point is maybe what it is, but it's not the, I'm a body. I'm a person. We're all different. The machines don't care if you like uh, more THC, more CBD, 
uh, more limonene, more mercine. The machines don't care. They go lots of THC and that we are not a machine. You need all the other stuff. All right. I think I'm rambling. Let me check my notes. Uh, THC percentage is a good selling point. It's a good guideline. It's a good idea. It's something to keep in mind when shopping, but it should not be the definitive end all be all decision maker when you are buying your medical or recreational cannabis products. I've done another episode. I'm going to get on a side tangent here. Another episode, I think it's called follow your nose. I've done a updated episode on it. I'm sure follow your nose when you're buying, smell the shit. Um, and that, that's a good comment right there. Smell the shit. Also smell the flowers. When, when you smell things 90% of the time, when you smell something in your body goes, Oh, that's bad. You shouldn't consume it. When you smell something in your body goes, oh yeah, you should be consuming that. Oranges smell good because they're good for you. Poop smells bad because you probably shouldn't eat that. Somebody already ate it. That's all their waste. That's nature did that on purpose for us. Uh, that's that's a, a blessing and a trait and a skill that we were given. Uh, that when you drive past the restaurant and they're cooking whatever, whatever your favorite restaurant is and you smell it out there and you go... Oh, I need some of that. Your body craves it because it's good for you. It's going to nourish you. It might be some fast food or whatever, whatever, but it's going to satisfy your body. You've been programmed to think that's good for you, but still your body smells good stuff. That's good for you that you're supposed to eat. You smell that pie bacon or that cake bacon, those cookies being baked. And you go, I need to eat a hot cookie. I'm going to burn my mouth with that cookie. It's so fresh out of the oven, but it's so good. I'm going to burn myself with a chocolate chip. I cannot wait. That's the kind of stuff your body does. And then somebody farts and you want to walk away because you go, that's gross. It stinks, bro. Your body is trained to do that. So when you go to buy cannabis, when you go to buy concentrates, try to give it a smell. Smell a few things. Don't be shy. Take your time at the dispensary. You're going to give them your money and that's what they're there for. They're there to help you. You're not bothering anybody. You're doing your job at the dispensary, which is finding the product that is proper for you. Take your time. Don't ever let a bud tender, I'm on a way big tangent now. Don't ever let a bud tender or a patient behind you, a customer behind you, make you feel like you need to be rushed at the dispensary. Treat it like you're at the bank. Write all your notes you need to write. Write down the numbers, cross your I's, dot your T's, sign your name in the right spot. Make sure all the zeros and decimals are in the right place. Get what you need at the dispensary. Leave satisfied. You're spending your hard-earned money. Money is expensive. That bud tender is there to do their job, which is to help you. They're there on the clock. No matter how long you take, they're getting paid. Also, tip your bud tender. If you can afford it, if they help you out, if they take good care of you, tip them. I've got a bud tender friend. I don't need to say his name because uh, he knows who he is. I take good care of him. When they get drops at my favorite dispensary, he messages me and he says, hey, bro, I'm here. We just got this. And I get a picture of all the new cool shit that came. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to need this. And he sends me a picture. And he's like, bro, I already knew what you were going to need. It's already stashed. Don't even worry. So big up to my friends who take good care of me like that. If you tip your bud tenders, they will take good care of you and stash the good shit for you. Take good care of you. Um, don't rely on those numbers when you go to the dispensary. That's what I think I was getting at. Be sure to smell the jars. Look at all the buds. Look at the shapes, the smells, or the shapes, the colors, the textures of the buds. Something's going to get your attention. Just like when you're looking at the menu at your favorite restaurant or at a new restaurant, you're looking at it and you're going, oh, they got this. Uh, for me, it's just a bunch of random vegetarian shit you guys have never heard of, but vegetarian item one with this, vegetarian two, ooh, spicy vegetarian. That's my style. Savory vegetarian. Ooh, that's my style right there. One of them will jump out and then you'll, you'll decide. The cannabis will do that if you go and smell the jars. Follow your nose because your nose knows what you're going to enjoy. If it doesn't smell good, you're not going to want to smoke it. And if you don't want to smoke it, how are you going to enjoy it? If it smells smells delightful, you're going to smoke it. You're going to blow it out. You're going to squint your eyes. You're going to smile. It tastes so good. And you're going to get a nice buzz from it because your nose 
knows. Just like our old friend Toucan Sam used to teach us, follow your nose. It always knows. Your nose is right. The Terps are there. That's what your nose is for. Follow your senses. Follow your gut. How long have we been going? Not long enough. Let's go for another question. My friend Jamie, I hope I've answered your question. Uh, THC numbers are great, uh, but also what about the Terps, bro? And I'm going to go on a really quick side tangent. Terps. Somebody sent me a lab report and they said, bro, there was this much percent terps in your uh, in your flowers. They're trying to say there's like 25% myrcene in my flowers. Let me translate those terpene reports for you quite quickly. A lot of times when you get a terpene report, they're showing you uh, the, uh, when it says 25% myrcene, 10% limonene, 5% other terp, I don't want to get ahead of myself. They're not saying that the overall sample you gave them contained 25% limonene or myrcene what they are saying in that report is that there were was a sample out of all of the terps derived from that sample 25 percent of the overall terps were this component i don't remember the terps i named because i'm ahead of myself again but so don't get confused it's there when they do the sample they'll say this much of the overall product was terpenes it's going to be low it's going to be like one to four percent probably like that's that's good terpenes but like that's run or that's impressive that's good um, but of those 4%, now you've got a hundred percent of your terpenes, 4% of your overall flower was terps. Now you've got that now 25% of that is where your limonene is going to be your 10% myrcene. So don't get confused and say my sample was 25% limonene and 35% THCA. Cause then what else do you have? You just got like 40%, 35% sludge to carry that in. It's got to be bud. It's got to be chlorophyll and green leafy matter at that point. So uh, read those lab tests correctly. Now, let me move on. I do have another great question. I got a big pile of questions in front of me. Is this the one that I wanted to read for this episode? Sure. This one will work very well. <clears throat> Excuse me for all the throat clearing. Probably not even going to edit that. This one came from our friend Adam and it says, Hey, Rasta Jeff. What's up, Adam? Good to meet you, bro. It says, hey, man, I love the podcast. It's very entertaining and informative. Thank you. That is absolutely the goal here. Uh, also, a little bit of education. It says, nothing better than hearing you ramble. Dude, this is the episode for you. I said I was going to try to not ramble. Fail. Uh, it says, it's the best part of the show, so maybe I failed successfully. Uh, just a heads up, I'm a big fan of growing cannabis, comedy, and also fish. Bro, did we just become best friends? We should hang out. It says, just wondering if you ever thought about naming your strains after a fish song or fish lyrics. As a fan, purchasing a fish strain would be a must. I have thought about it. There's a uh, concentrate by Green Dot. They call it Reba Jam, which is definitely named after, of course, Reba if you're a fish fan. Uh, it's a good Reba Jam, which uh, bag it, tag it, sell it to the butcher at the store. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, it also says, also, is it possible to buy or create and store male pollen? That's a whole totally different uh, question. So let me ramble on about the fish part. I do have a couple of fish strain names in my head, but nothing has been, um, man, if I'm going to name something after the band that changed my life that I know if you're just listening and you don't know, uh, what, what it's like to follow fish around the country and go on tour and see a bunch of shows, uh, that band changed my life. I learned a lot being, uh, a fish follower, a fish fan. If I'm going to name something after that band or in honor of that band, it's going to be something amazing. So I haven't found the right one. Um, maybe soon. Cause I've got a lot of great testers out there and some new stuff coming up. Maybe, um, if you've got any ideas, uh, like Tila would be cool. There's uh, you could, Gaiuti might be cool, but if you've got ideas of fish strain 
names. I would love to hear them. Send them to me. Of course, the email address is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. Don't be shy. I want to know your fish strain name suggestions. Don't send me fish and stuff. Send me the band fish. It's a big difference. I don't need the uh, the fucking, I don't even know fish ref, fishing references. Uh, but no fly fish or OG. We don't need any of that. No big trout kush, which, hey, somebody out there use that. Uh, if you've got like a, a farmy wildlife type of vibe, a brand, use that, bro. Big trout kush or fucking big mouth OG. Fucking, there you go. Wild River Kush. Oh, wait, there's already a something Coal Creek Kush. I said I wasn't going to ramble. I told you I'm fucking fail on that one. Um, Now, to the next part of this one. Is it possible to buy or create and store male pollen? I'm a medical cannabis grower in Massachusetts who loves growing the dank. I'm interested in experimenting with seed making. I love how that evolution happens. People get super passionate growing cannabis, and then the next thing you know, they're making seeds. Uh, I'm not discrediting you or doubting you. I love that passion. I love when people do that. Um, then it says a little bit nervous about keeping a male in the house. Just wondering if it's possible to buy or make and store male pollen for later use. Feel free to use my name. Say my name, say my name. Big up to our friend, Adam and my Instagram, which is you enjoy my dank bro. I've seen your Instagram around. Thank you for uh, following and supporting Irie genetics and the grow from your heart podcast. Let's talk briefly about male pollen. Yes. Um, you can buy male pollen. I, uh, man, I'm not a fan of buying or selling male pollen. I feel like if you're going to breed plants, if you're going to breed cannabis, if you're going to make your own seeds, you've got to do some of the work. Buying pollen is, I don't want to, it's, it's just, that's just the cheap, lazy way. No, you didn't do any selection. How do you know that that male is going to be fire? We know that Solomon is fire because I've tested him. So if you bought that pollen, which I won't sell, um, if you bought that, you'd know you've got winning pollen. But if you're just buying pollen from somebody on the internet or some dude, you're trusting their selection process. And that's like letting them, that's like letting them pick your fucking wife or your husband or your mate. And I'm not down to let somebody else pick that for me. I'm not, uh, I'm not in an arranged breeding project. I'm in a selective breeding project. That's why I like to choose. I choose my male plants, my female plants based on criteria what is your goal? You don't know what that other grower or breeder or selector, that's all they were. We don't even know about them. They're a selector at this point. We don't know what their goal was. We don't know their education, their knowledge. Uh, we have no idea what they chose. Why did they choose that male plant? There may, may have just been a, the one. That could have been the one male plant they had. Now they're just using pollen, which that's cool if that's what you're doing. But do you really want to make seeds out of just some male plant? Or do you want a selected uh, sought after plant with traits and alleles and things that you're after, or do you just want, do you want the one I picked or the one that you picked? When we go to the restaurant, you want me to order dinner for you, or do you want to fuck with the menu and order your dinner? That's how I see it. So I don't like buying pollen. I'd rather hunt out my own males. It's not really that much work. You just do it just like you would females, just find a male, uh, you, and then you've got it. Once you've got the male, you've got it. There is more to it. Uh, storing pollen. Yes, you can run a male plant. So you should have uh, you're going to finish a, a seedless crop, right? You should have a male plant in the veg. And then right when you finish or right before you finish that crop, put him in there and let him start flowering out, uh, collect his pollen. And it's only going to take him 14, 21, 25 ish days to start making plenty of pollen for you to start catching it and playing with it by day 26, 27, 28. He's really busting a lot of pollen. You can cut him down, gather the pollen and clean up then you can just clean up the room and get, continue back on your normal cycle. So you can put yourself behind a couple of weeks to get a male, or you can have a male in another location in the same grow space if you are careful and know what you're doing. 
I've got a grow space where I keep my main breeding area. Inside that breeding area, there's a three by three grow tent that ducks. The ducting goes out of the tent and directly out of the house. So there's no possibility of that pollen being reintroduced to the main grow space. It goes directly outside. The rest of it is ducted inside that room, but that one tent ducks all the ducting directly outside. So it will never make the pollen back into the room. When I start pollinating the boy, he goes in there early. I get him ahead of everybody else. When it's time for him to bust a nut, I just open up that tent, slowly drag him out, sprinkle him all over the plants. So if you're careful about it, you can keep a boy in there. Depending on how much pollen you need, how long you keep him around, you only need him in flower for 10, or no, more than 10, excuse me, for about 14 to 25, maybe 26, 27 days. You can get pollen from him. Depending on how many seeds you want to make, how hard you want to go, you can get pollen. Then you can store it. Let's talk briefly about storing pollen before you store it. So collect it somehow. I'm not sure how you're going to collect it. I would say get a Pyrex dish, cut down the, the top part of the male plant, set it in the Pyrex dish, let it dry, uh, give it a tap. All the pollen will start falling out. Pull out anything that is not pollen. If you've got male flowers in there, leaves in there, buds in there, get all of that shit out. We just want pollen. Let it dry. Put a desiccant pack in there so it will dry. You don't want a Boveda. You want the pack that sucks up all the moisture. Dry that shit out. Get it as dry. I'm going to say dry about 12 or 30 more times. Get it as dry as dry can dry. It needs to be dry. Any moisture in your pollen will destroy it. It will not be active. So get it. What's the word? Dry pollen. Get it dry. Get that pollen dry. Seal it up. Put it in either a glass container, some of those little glass vials, a glass jar, or you can put it in a baggie. Label it with the male plant and the date which you collected it. Then keep it in a cool, dry, dark place. I put mine in a brown paper bag in the crisper drawer in the fridge. That's simply how I store my pollen. Um, don't open it too often. Don't take it out of the fridge too much. Think about condensation. Uh, think about temperature changes. Just leave it in there until you need it. Then take it out. Scoop out what you need. Do your pollination. You're safe that way. Be careful with pollination. Turn off all the fans. Um, if you just want to pollinate one or two plants in the room, take them out of the room. Leave the rest in there. Pollinate them. Spray them down. Uh, a couple hours later, then put them back in the room. Spray the rest of the bitches in there too so that no pollen gets contaminated. Uh, water deactivates pollen, so that will help you out a lot. The water will destroy the pollen. I think I've answered most of these questions here. Um, uh, keeping a male, yeah, that's that's a challenge sometimes. Just make sure you don't pollinate the house. Uh, you'll figure it out. That's You'll figure it out. You'll fuck it up once or twice, then you'll figure it out. That's all it really takes. Uh, you can buy pollen. I don't recommend it. Why not just do the work? Why not get a pack of seeds? You're growing seeds. You're growing plants anyway. Get some seeds. Find a dude that really impresses you, and then you've got a male that nobody else has. Why do you want the, the male plant everybody else has got? That's boring to me. Um, yeah, you can store pollen. You can collect it, and you can use it later in the future. I think I've answered your question here, my friend Adam. Big up and big thank you for the great question. Um, I look forward to your follow-up. I'm sure you're going to have more to ask after this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you sexy cannabis enthusiasts out there, I want to thank you once again for supporting the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Could not do it without you. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. My email address is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your feedback, your constructive criticism. I am not afraid. I'm not shy to hear what you've got to say. Also, if you feel like the episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you just like to throw me a buck, all you got to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash growfromyourheart. Once again, all the information is right there on 
that screen. If that was too fast, check out the website, iregenetics.com. Everything is there. The Patreon, the Grow Help tab, the Discord link, the merch store, the vendor links. It is all there. Once again, iregenetics.com. That is all I've got for you for this episode. You know I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. Let's give a big shout out to my buddy Sizz81. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.